I'm Donovan Kane. Welcome back to the podcast. This is a Romance Author Spotlight episode of the podcast featuring USA Today best-selling romance author Lanessa Lane and a short steamy audio excerpt from her book, Mad Love. I'm Donovan Kane, and I'm here with USA Today best-selling romance author Lanessa Lane. How are you, Lanessa? I'm great. How about yourself? Very good. Very good. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of Lanessa's books. We have a steamy excerpt uh, to play on the show, and we're going to learn a little bit more about her and what's up next. So first, let's find out a little bit about the, the book the excerpt is from, Mad Love. Well, Mad Love is book three of my series, and so the excerpt, is it comes actually after a three-way happened uh, that the girl is, you know, my protagonist isn't particularly proud of. And so you're, you're coming in on the, the back end of the remorse, regret, the argument, the jealousy that might've come, you know, from the two men, you know, wanting her attention and she's just wanting one of them while the other one is, is uh, feeling a little edged out. So, yeah. It was very fun to read. And, uh, and uh, apparently the other one uh, had his boots available at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other one, yeah, he's he's a cop. Um, the one that stormed away, he's a cop. But like in his off time, he he likes his cowboy boots and uh-huh. his tight jeans and stuff. And so and he's very uh, anal retentive about his snakeskin boots. And he was not pleased when she wore them the last time because she got them wet. And, you know. Jace, his best friend, is like, what the hell do you think cowboy boots are for, cowboy? Like, <laughs> right. you get them for decoration? Like, and so kind of as revenge, whenever they've just had their argument and her and Jace are kind of supposed to be apart and rest in the cop is like getting ready to to take her home so she can cool off and they can get some distance and do the responsible thing. Jace kind of, you know, kicks those boots toward her and is like, you want to wear them again and get a little dig in on Rustin? Let's get the hell out of here, you know? And so they kind of <laughs> rebel against his authority, his authority, um, whenever, when they're running away together to to go get involved in what they're about to do. Well, I enjoyed very much uh, reading the excerpt. Let's hear it real quick here, and uh, we'll come back with uh, Lanessa Lane and find out more about her books. I'm Donovan Kane, and this is a short, steamy excerpt from Lanessa Lane's book, Mad Love. Rustin walked out of the kitchen and jogged upstairs. Tyndall's door shut behind him. Hey, Chase broke his own silence. Don't listen to him. Come feed the cows with me, baby. Just us in the moonlight. Animals always make things better. You can force my face into a cow pie. He trailed in sadness. The legit ache in his face broke my anger into fragments I swept under an imaginary rug. You can even wear Rustin's boots again. Maybe step in cow shit to get vengeance. What do you say? Hmm, that's mighty tempting. I looked upstairs to be sure Rustin was still behind the closed door. Yeah, let's go feed the cows. Jace kicked Rustin's boots away from the back door looked up at the balcony, too. Hurry. I couldn't help giggling as I shoved my feet back inside Rustin's big snakeskin kicks and clopped behind Jace as quiet as I could, 
before we got into the four-wheeler. Chase placed the night vision goggles in my lap before throwing the vehicle in gear. We barreled over all the divots and dips, the same as we had last time, only this time he was gentle. I gripped the old shit handle and his goggles case while the seat bucked me multiple times, but we both smiled with the adventure. The remaining bruises from my catfight didn't ache as bad. My emotions tenderized along with my flesh with every little beating of the trail through the woods beneath our tires. At the gate, the cattle trotted back and forth before we entered. Then they galloped while we followed some of them. The stench made us share gross expressions, but I couldn't resist smiling even bigger at the animals stampeding all around us like we got to be part of their herd for a moment. Can I try one of the buckets? I asked as we filled them once inside the barn. The cows mooed like crazy behind their fencing. I only have one pair of gloves, he said. So you can take the lighter one. Feed the babies again. He dumped the feed into the bucket for me. I fought the pain in my ribs and lifted the heavy-ass bucket, penguin walking toward the calves flicking their tails. Okay, I confess. I need your assistance to pour the feed into the trough. Don't let that go to your head, though, sir. Jace's lips lifted at the corner as he took the bucket and did for me what I couldn't. Damn, I hated weakness. Admitting weakness was worse. I took the empty bucket as he passed me and headed back to the barn, but he stole my hand to stop me. You want to play with them? Pet them while they eat? He asked. I noticed he held the barbed wire apart with his hand and boot. He tugged me gently toward the hole he made, then followed me through. The fence bounced back into place. The calf's fur was soft and coarse at the same time beneath my fingers. Her tail whipped back and forth like my time was borrowed before she might call her mom to stop me from interrupting her dinner. Okay, I'd better let them be, I said with a sigh. When I turned to climb back through the fence, I slipped and caught myself in a disgusting cow pie. Oh, come on, I whined. Is it on my ass, too? Tell me I'm sitting in mud. Jace's hearty laughter carried over the mooing chorus I'd caused with my squeal. I wish I could tell you what you want to hear, baby. Give me your good hand. I'll help you. I gave him my good hand, but when he gripped, I cupped my poopy hand over his arm and watched him balk and gag. Now I laughed as he pulled me to standing. You can't be mad because you told me I could rub your face in that. Think of the arm as my way of going easy on you. See? I can be forgiving. Chase shook his head, a stupid smile on his face. He held the barbed wire with one hand and held my other so I didn't slip as I climbed back through. Water hose is over here. Jace led the way to the opposite side of the barn. Over here, an expansive pasture with no animals seemed to extend for a hundred acres. So beautiful under the shine of the moon, like God's flashlight showing me something pretty after the ugliness Sarah revealed. Jace hosed Rustin's boots clean, but told me to step out of them onto the grass. I did as he said, while staring at an old windmill with a large basin at the bottom. Does that work? Like it's real? I asked. Chase snickered. Yeah, it's like real, suburban girl. Pumps water. 
The farmer puts his cows into that pasture when the grass grows tall, so they have plenty to graze on while he lets the one they're in now grow again, back and forth. The other windmill is further back in their current pasture. I rinsed my hands beneath the stream, but my ass was toast. Guess this means you're going to have to strip down, baby. Want to go skinny dipping? I gasped and looked around. Jace chuckled. Farmer's gone, remember? The farmhands come in the early morning and leave in the afternoon. That basin beats the hell out of skinny dipping in the pond with my alligator. I cheesed like he was crazy and loved the way he laughed at my animated panic. I loved Jace laughing far more than the sting I'd sent through him earlier. You win, sir. My thumbs hooked in my borrowed boxers. I smiled at my country version of Jace as I stood in my panties before all play fell from my face. Nervousness at public nudity engulfed me. If you want those panties hosed off, you're going to have to lose them, sweet Kins. Besides, I've seen and tasted everything down there. You got nothing to be embarrassed about. Oh, my. Jay sprayed the boxers clean, dropped the running hose, and pulled his shirt over his head. The button on his jeans came open beneath his fingers, but he watched like a man bent on righting wrongs while I pulled my panties down. His look dried my mouth and made other areas too fluid and ready to be touched. He bent for my undies to rinse them clean but ran his lips up my bare thigh before he straightened with the most wicked smile in the dark. Yeah, I was ready to go. I stared as he turned off the hose. While he hung my clothes over the barbed wire, I pulled my shirt over my head, tiny wince at the pain. I needed him to right the wrongs I couldn't reconcile, needed him to be the last one to touch me after the menage we'd had with his best friend. Alone. Two hands, not four. Two bodies in the water we dipped into. Not three. Oh my gosh, Jace. What a feeling. I've never done this before. I feel so. I trailed at a loss for words at the freedom of air and water. Nothing else. I don't know. Close to God, I guess. Like the way he intended when he made the Garden of Eden. I laid back to float on the top of the water, unable to help loving the feel of my bare skin in the moonlight. My throat grew thick with emotion when I looked over at Jace. He wasn't checking out my boobs like I'd expected. He laid on top of the water, too. I didn't look at his nudity. I saw something simple in his eyes, like the guy who'd told me I was like Mars amid the stars. He seemed far away, too. I rested my knees on the galvanized floor of the large basin. My hands formed a box I placed over Jace's stare up at the glistening sky. He grinned. It does feel closer to something, he said. I bet Eve was as special as you, baby. That's why Adam ate that fruit, because he'd follow her down into a curse he loved her so much. He went to his knees, too. Come here. I need to feel closer to you. Was I giving off a contagious angst? His arms wrapped around my waist. Our naked wet bodies melted together in the chill of gentle breeze, brushing our damp skin above the water, while what was below should have made the 
everything boil as we came together. I lost my breath at the pressure inside. My head fell back while Jace gasped and found a rhythm. His mouth stole my moans while I wrapped my legs around his waist. I didn't bring anything, Kins. I'm all natural, baby, he said through slow pants. This is dangerous. I don't care. What's dangerous if we both want the same things? I asked in drunken pleasure, in love with the view of the stars, the windmill breaking the patterns of constellations, Mars glowing pink in the sky, as pink and warm as his motion made my whole body feel. Jace's sounds further intoxicated my fuzzy brain. His hands gripped my back as he held me so I had to do nothing but experience him before God with no shame. Is this what God intended sex to be when he'd created the garden? Was it supposed to be this simple? Take care of animals and plants? Make love in the open air? Treasure the bodies we were given and the feel of them together? Use them to plant seeds that would fertilize into a new life? Jace, will you be sad if you plant your child inside my body on this night before God? I asked, half moaned, kissed his lips with mine tingling. Right now, that's all nature is telling me to do. Then do it. What if you wake to change your mind the way you did with... He didn't want to mention Rustin. I didn't want him to either. I'm not going to be mad about something I ran for first. Did you not follow me into this water? I'd follow you into a curse. Just don't curse me later when your belly is big and my baby is ready to make an introduction. My brief giggle morphed into a long moan. Soon, small whimpering sounds seemed to utter from another person as I released myself to Jace's talent. Oh, but the best was knowing this was no Floridian fling. I knew inside that he didn't give other girls the weakness or fervor he did me now. The water that had been so peaceful when we'd floated and watched the stars now rocked over the edge, splashed onto the ground. My nails dug into his muscled shoulders why I held for dear life as we let go of all fear of creating such when we released every tension and boundary between us. I held to his hair as I kissed his loose lips, loved the sound of his grunts, harsh breathing, pants of my name on helpless whispers. Be my girlfriend, baby. Okay. Hell yes. The most erotic praise reached the stars as he gripped my hips and stilled. I grinned in pure victory as I appreciated the view of his teeth biting into his lip, eyes closed, hair tangled and damp, every sexy detail in his muscles, the stubble along his chin and throat. My arms wrapped around his neck and I bent my face to run my lips along his ear. The weakest, wonderful sound breathed from his husky voice. Jace remembered himself as the last shudders of relief ceased. That's the best. Tough guy gone weak. Oh, you like that, huh? An almost drunk smile shaped his lips. He remained inside me while he hugged me against him. I like that. Yes, sir. You made me lose sensation in my face for a bit there. Never knew things could be that intense. Me either, sweet Kins. Girlfriend, Kins. I have a girlfriend. 
You have a girlfriend. I have a boyfriend. Guess we better get used to acting like it. This means I get to grab a boob whenever I want, right? My head tossed on a cackle while he grabbed a breast and squeezed. All play fell away under the scrub of his thumb over the most sensitive flesh. He built back inside me, and we sloshed more water from the basin while we sealed our new status. This has been a short, steamy excerpt from Lanessa Lane's book, Mad Love. You can learn more about Lanessa Lane and her books at steamystoriesforwomen.com. And that was the excerpt from USA Today best-selling romance author Lanessa Lane's book, Mad Love. I love doing that excerpt. That had to be a fun book to write, too. It was. Um, that's the scene before the one that you just read, though, and, and maybe even that one. It's usually about the time in the series where people are like, um, they'll, they'll be like, all in, or they're like, oh, hell no, that didn't just happen. <laughs> like, what is she thinking? Because in my series, I basically take a, a good Christian girl on a wild ride of uh, falling from grace. And, you know, she falls in love with a hitman. And at the same time, she falls for the undercover cop who's trying to take the hitman down. And she has no idea all of this is going on. And the world around her is about to just collapse. And so in the middle of all of that, she's making these rash decisions, being pressured by, you know, like, like I said, she ended up having the three-way and uh, it's fun at the moment for her, but she's she finds she's just not wired like her friends are where, you know, they can just go have easy sex or something. And so the reader is kind of pulled into that conflict. And so depending on my reader at the time, it's 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 going to sound so bad, but I kind of like to to toy with the conscience because you really get to know who you are inside of <laughs> if you're okay with something when you're reading this because you're along for all of her stuff and you plus and some people are just so disappointed in her and that's where you're supposed to be but this moment with jace it's like the band-aid you know the scene that you just read it's like the band-aid over the bad that she she just did and she just wants it to be better <laughs> and so yeah it's, it's a little bit of mending plus i i love I love the country feel because I did grow up out in the country. And even though I write about a girl who's like in Florida, like Clearwater and like city beaches, all of that, I think a lot of people don't really realize there's a lot of country in Florida too, just right outside there. And so to bring that in with them and have them with the cows and <laughs> just, <laughs> I, got, I had fun writing it. It was fun to bring that element in. Well, and it's it's an adventure. It's supposed to be an adventure for your your readers and listeners. And it's not only it's not always supposed to be something they necessarily agree with, is it? Right. I love characters whenever I'm reading that make me want to slap the character I'm reading about <laughs> because then you just you provoked a a reaction out of me, which means I am really invested in these people. And that's a great author, in my opinion, if you've made me that invested. So. It's kind of my goal to do the same thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, come on. If you're reading about someone and you don't care about them, what's the point? Exactly. That's not a story. That's that's right. And if your project. character doesn't have like any kind of fall from grace, what are they going to overcome? How do they develop over the course of, you know, the story? So well, absolutely. And 
and the listener and reader gets to put themselves in that scene and maybe they find out, like you said, maybe they find out something about themselves that they didn't know before. Yeah. And you know, I have to say that hearing it out of context, like when you read it, just hearing it stand alone by itself as the author, I'm so invested in it and I'm so in there all the time that I don't really ever get to pull out and hear it like a reader does or read it like a reader does. So hearing you read it, I was amazed at actually how sweet in a way it came off. In my opinion, that was just me. I was just like, wow, for the way that I wrote it and then to hear it alone, it was, in my opinion, kind of romantic. So I I liked getting this new side of it. And I I was impressed with um, even how, you know, you read the female character and stuff. It didn't sound cheesy or anything. And um, and you you nailed like the tones, the way that I was thinking them whenever I was writing them and, and how she would say something or he would say something. And it was just neat to hear them come to life. Um, so I loved it. Well, thank you very much. I, I enjoyed doing it very much. So thank you for letting me put that on the show. Uh, yeah, I would, I would love to, uh, I'd love to, to know more about the, the rest of the book. Tell us, tell us how you got started in all of this. Mm. When was it and how did it come about? Like writing or the series? Uh, the writing, uh, writing itself. How, how did this whole thing come about? I mean, you just decided one day or is it something you've been wanting to do for a long time? I always wrote like in high school, I, I kind of stood out. I didn't realize I did it. I, 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 but I did. Um, we, I remember in speech class, we had to take this uh, creative writing course and the teacher turned on just a soundtrack. And she was like, I want you guys to free write whatever comes to mind for 20 minutes. And I had never done that before. And man, I could not write fast enough. I had a big dent in my finger. And um, whenever I came out of it, you know, we had to read them if we wanted to. And so I read mine and everybody in the classroom was just like, there with me in the moment and I at that time I was like eh, maybe I'm kind of maybe I've on, I've got something here but I never pursued it I'm I'm an avid reader and so after I graduated I became a mom very fast I had four kids and I I just read to keep my sanity <laughs> in between mm. and uh so after my fourth child though I ended up having my first bout ever of postpartum depression and I had been reading kind of as a coping mechanism. And I was reading the Suki Sackhouse series by Charlene Harris that inspired True Blood. And I loved binging all of those books with the same characters and this girl just going through all of her misadventures in a big series because I read really fast. And I'd always have a book hangover like, oh, that was fun for like a day. Um, so with the Suki Sackhouse series, I got to be with Suki for like 20 days at least. <laughs> that was great. And I loved it. And I felt like I went on this epic adventure, but I was getting tired of reading paranormal. And I wanted to know what makes somebody dangerous in real life, because I love that dangerous romance element of loving what could potentially kill you or being willing almost to die for love. And uh, I was having a very hard time finding anything along the lines of that long running series with a dangerous storyline. So I decided I'd pull out that old trick from high school and turn on some music. And I asked myself, where do I want to go? And ironically, the song Don't Close Your Eyes by Kicks" was playing. 
And I mean, everything just kind of flooded out of me. And so I just tried my hand at writing and I thought I'll get probably 20 pages in and I won't have anything else. And I'll say, okay, that was fun to try. That's not what happened. I ended up writing a 10 novel series and it was just one document, <laughs> one long document that I had to divide. Um, Oh my. at the, yeah, at the time it was uh, erotic, fic erotic fiction though. Like, Mhm. Mm and I, I decided I didn't want to, to do erotica per se. So I pulled out of the erotica genre, unpublished everything, and then Uh, you know, got my copy editing uh, certificate and uh, been redoing them ever since. And I'm redoing book eight right now. So So when when was this uh when was this you started? this was in 2014. 2014. Okay. And when you started selling your books, uh, I, I try to ask all of the authors this because it's just so interesting to me. When you started getting sales of your first book, what was that like? What did that feel like? So I will say this much. I, you know, anybody who came in in that period, like 2014, 2015, 2016, it was like you came in at a, um, God, like a, it was like glory days or something because you came in when everything was new. And if I would have stayed, I probably would be a really well-known person right now. Um, it, it was surreal whenever I started selling. And that's what ended up happening though, is I started gaining, you know, those threads where, you know, at the time it was like, Bella and Edward and you know are we on team Edward are we team Jacob you know you had threads like that and and then here I am this newbie author and I'm I'm getting requests I just hit publish on the first one on a whim and then I have requests like hey where's the next one where's the next one and so I'm basically publishing and I'm not even editing because I don't know what I'm doing and I'm delivering what they want on demand and it's it's just boom 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 rapid release before these things should be released right so they're kind of a big mess But they're gaining a following. And before I know it, I've got threads in Facebook forums about my characters, Team Jace, Team Clive, and, you know, even Team Rustin, which at the time it was Keen was his name. And so you had like three characters that people were getting in arguments about, but they were happening. And it was I was like, whoa, you know, there's something here. And and that's whenever I was like, there's something here. And do I want to be known for this style of writing or do I want to pull back? Because my heroes, my writing heroes that I came up with were like Mary Higgins Clark style. It wasn't, there was no like romance in there, but I also loved, uh, you know, the bodice ripping romances growing up. I'd hide them behind my, <laughs> behind my, like my books at school and, and read while everyone else was working. And so I wanted to combine those things and, and it worked out, but I just didn't know how to marry the two things without it getting beyond a level that I was comfortable with. I was writing for other people at that point and going a little too far for my own style. And so I pulled back and I had to challenge myself with beefing up the plot where I was taking out a lot of gratuitous nudity. So It's been daunting, but it's been well worth it. But yeah, it was it was the sales. It was the amping up that made me like, oh, crap, uh, there's something here. And had I stayed, yes, it would have probably blown up.
do I regret leaving? No. Um, I left the publishing world for five years and had to rebuild who I was inside because at the time I was going through like a really bad divorce and uh, like I said, the postpartum depression and I had to take care of me, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and get better. And so that's, I spent five years basically doing that and learning how to write correctly so that I could put out a good product instead of just a fast product. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's how I came to be where I'm at right now. Well, it seems to have worked very, very well for you. Thank you. Absolutely. I, the, 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 the book that we read the excerpt from, uh, uh, I, I loved reading it. Also, you just told me something that was very interesting about the cover, uh, where you're from. Tell me who's on the cover of that. Um, on my cover of Mad Love is a an up-and-coming country artist by the name of Brandon Jordan, and he just got signed by with the Nashville recording contract, and he actually just bought himself a little tour bus and everything, and wow. he's been on the road. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he has this song, if anybody ever wants to check it out. Um, what is it? Is it uh, Drown Her Memory? I love that song. It is such a good song. Yeah. Brandon Jordan. He's Brandon Jordan. Amazing. Yes. That is that is, uh, that is a twist right there, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's cool that he... he it's funny because he was... When he came to the first uh, show with me, he was so nervous and I'm thinking, how can you be nervous? You perform in front of people all the time. You've got all this happening for you. And he, he was nervous because he was like, how do I stand here and be on the cover of that book? But I mean, if I pulled up my shirt, I don't have like <laughs> abs right now. Like it's just a stomach. And I'm like, it's okay, Brandon. Like it's not, you don't have to take off your clothes. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's just really funny. And it, I just, I loved the humanity of the moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, uh, something like that uh, would be very intimidating if you've never been to anything like that before. You know, guys, you know, we're competitive. <laughs> we we think Chippendales. I don't look like a Chippendale. <laughs> I can't go up on the stage on that show. And and I bet it worked out just very well for him. Didn't it, it did. He, he had he had a great fan group. And, and I hoped that he left that show realizing he didn't need abs. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did. I bet he did indeed. So what's next for you? What, what's coming up? What what other books do we have? Uh, you have so many. I So new release is um, The Hitman's Girl, which is the first uh, story I've ever written or co-written with my husband. I met my husband in 2014 um, after my divorce. I met him as an author, he was also a writer and he had his own fan base and following and we just met on a writer's forum. And uh, so when we, when I unpublished my work, he unpublished his too, and we kind of left together and he hasn't dipped back into it since. And so this has been his first project since 2015. And so we just published the Hitman's Girl together as our first work we've never written something together because we were both very stubborn and very headstrong and have our own visions and so i'm like this is going to be a disaster but it well how did it go how did it was it go? great it was great yeah like so what i've figured out is um he's great at writing a skeleton and then i go in and i add all the flesh and pull out all the emotions and 
you know, so it's kind of cool too, because then you get to marry the male psyche with the female psyche and see how the two of them capture different things, like things that men notice that women wouldn't necessarily be paying attention to and vice versa. So we got to pull the best of both worlds out of each other. And the story I felt was pretty good. That's fantastic. Isn't it strange how life works? Uh, yeah. You're going along and you think it's going one way and then you try to make it go another. It's going to go which way it, it, it goes, I think, uh, sometimes. And uh, 10 years ago, would you have guessed you were going to be where you are? Or 15 years ago, would you have guessed where you're at now? No, and I think that's the problem is like, so I remember when I met him, I was 31, which I'm giving away my, my um, age right now. But I was 31 and I had this idea in my head and this pressure on me, like if I'm not successful by the time I'm 34, it's just too late. You know, <laughs> they're just, I know, right. It's ridiculous. I'm so oh, sure it's ridiculous time. now. It wasn't uh, ridiculous back then. I know because right. Like I had just come out of my twenties and like, Oh my God, the thirties are here. And like, wasn't I supposed to spring wrinkles and life will be over because I'm not in my twenties anymore. Um, and it was nothing like that, but <laughs> I had this idea, you know, and so whenever I used to think like if it takes 10 years, I was just devastated by that idea. <laughs> when in reality, I have got such full bodied character that I write now, not necessarily because of age or anything, but because of all the things that I've learned, even just through all the hard knocks that I've taken in the past 10 years. And then I, I go to like writing groups, right? And I meet this this author who didn't start until she was 70 and she's gotten an award for every book she's published. She's got a medal in her hand. And wow. it was like, wow, like you, writing is wonderful because I started realizing it's not like everything else. You don't have an expiration or a definition that you have to meet to quantify I'll be successful when. It's like you you go your own journey and absorb all the goodies while you're going because you just, like you said, you don't know where it's going to take you. And I've met people, if you would have told me even, even three years ago that at this point I would have like 40 shows under my belt, that I'd have sold thousands of copies of my books, that I would, uh, you know, even be doing interviews like this right here, I, I even won two silver falchions this year for best suspense and book of the year that I, I saw that that's amazing it no one was more amazed than me because <laughs> you know like I don't know when you're in your own head all the time as an author I don't know if it's I can't speak for everyone else but I feel like authors you know some of us maybe have uh, low self-esteem or we're very introverted or you know we just we're in our heads all the time and so we don't see ourselves the way that the rest of the world sees us or our work. Mm -hmm. um, and so to be in that moment where the silver falchion happened, you know, I was there the year before and I was just thrilled to be in the room as a finalist. And that was for book four. And I was just, I was beaming because Mary Higgins Clark had been part of Mystery Writers of America and the Southeast chapter of Mystery Writers of America was hosting Killer Nashville or sponsoring it. And I was, I was connected in some way to Mary Higgins Clark. And I was just like, I'm in the room with heroes. It was all I needed. It was enough. And, and I remember watching these, these larger than life authors accept these awards. And I was just like, God, one day, 
you know, big stars in my eyes. Like I'm still, you know, in my twenties looking at these adults of writers and they're real and I'm not, <laughs> I have like this imposter syndrome forever. And then this year comes and I was so blown away by winning the one for best suspense that I was so busy texting my mother, like, look at what I've won that I didn't even hear them call my name for the primo, like number one that everyone in the whole room is like dreaming of. I was like not even paying attention because I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm getting it. So I was just texting my mom and the guy next to me is like, they just called your name. And I'm like, what? He's like, they called you for book of the year. And I was like, oh. and I just get up and I'm like stumbling to the, to the podium. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's me. It happened. It's like Miss Congeniality just won something other than Miss Congeniality. <laughs> That's so amazing. That is an was, amazing story. It's just human though. Like I'm, I wasn't, I just wrote the book and the book was so hard to write because it put me in such an emotional place to write it. But so did book three. If I'm honest, the one that you read the excerpt from, mm -hmm. they take a lot of my heart and they, it's hard to watch my character fail and it's hard to be the one in first person falling from grace with her and letting it happen and knowing that when she falls from grace or when I piss off a reader, they could leave me, but being brave enough to do it anyway, because that's how the story's supposed to be told. You know, that says a lot right there. I, I, it's these interviews are crazy for me because we've already we've we've been talking here for a while and it's like we could talk all day because I love to hear these stories they're 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 just so different for everyone and uh, they're, right. they're, they're they're so amazing and and you um I see you sitting there and you're talking about your heroes do you not understand that you're people's hero now that's been the weirdest part and that's also why sometimes whenever I'm writing and I'm tempted at times to go back into like so what I have is I have a big ugly manuscript still in front of me from 2014 2015 right it's mm -hmm. all sloppy mm -hmm. it's messy it's filled with adverbs it's horrible but it's also filled with a ton of erotica and I have to look at who I don't want to be anymore for me in every one of those words and I have to go through and just simultaneously change all of these things and and I have to look at who I was erase that and then rebuild and while I'm doing that I'm so conscious of my new reader and where I don't want to lead them but where I I have to be very careful because I don't want to be inauthentic with this rate of failure and so it's very tricky uh as a I want to say I'm mostly a thriller writer if I'm honest but I mean there's still obviously you read a, an erotic scene mm -hmm. there's erotic scenes in this and it's very uh tricky to balance those two genres I feel like um if I attract a mainly thriller reader they don't want all the sex if I attract a mainly romance reader they want a lot of sex and not so much thriller it's a very delicate balance, but I'm very aware while I'm trying to do all of this. So every book takes a lot of my heart and soul. Right. And so, yeah, like I put it all in there and I just hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm going to lose people because they're going to be pissed off at me for what she did or didn't do correctly. But isn't that the way life is too? That's kind that of one of the points 
Yeah. People either like you or they don't. And I right. think, I, I, I think that, uh, you're doing exactly people like what you write. They like, uh, who you become and that's what comes out on the page and they love your writing. Uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's working. Thank you. I've been talking to USA Today bestselling romance author, Lanessa Lane. Lanessa, I could talk to you all day. It's it's just so interesting to talk to all the authors on this show. And each of you have a very unique story, and it's just so wonderful to hear. Thank you. Same. Likewise. I'm enjoying this. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, there's never enough time to talk about everything. Tell us where they go to buy your books, other than Amazon, of course. Uh, a website? Uh, com. Pretty simple. So go to lanessalane.com. You'll find out more about Lanessa's books and uh, the Mad Love book and the series that that's in. And Lanessa, thank you very much for being on the show. Go uh, check out Lanessa's work. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you, Lanessa. I hope you enjoyed this Romance Author Spotlight episode of the podcast featuring USA Today bestselling author Lanessa Lane and a short excerpt from her book, Mad Love. To learn more about author Lanessa Lane and her books, visit us at steamystoriesforwomen.com.